0: Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio.
2: Elizabeth Dutton.
3: Zarin Burnett. I got a
2: question for you. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) You know what's ridiculous?
3: Yes, I do. What? Uh, Brands.
2: Brands. Okay, so oh, uh-huh. I've been
3: begging for brands to like give me stuff.
2: Yeah, and you've been doing that forever. And like, before we much, had this show, you've been like going out.
3: Yeah, I just wanted to get sponsored yeah, by sending somebody.
2: Postcards to.
3: I I really mm-hmm. was hoping that um, Oscar Meyer would send me that hot dog straw. Yes, I they know. don't care you about keep me. Keep talking
2: about that. You're very rude. We're walking around headquarters, always saying, "I want my hot dog straw." Yeah, if I only had a hot dog straw. Can you imagine this coffee with a hot dog straw? <laughs> this strawberry
3: like, milkshake oh, would yeah. do so well with a hot dog straw. Anyway, so this. Brand called Awake uh-huh. reached out to me. No, and they have like a pseudo mashup.
2: No, it's
3: kind of a mashup, but I really wouldn't. Oh, qualify your it as power that. is
2: growing. Now they're bringing the mashups to uh-huh. you. That just the, the 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 Elizabeth Army. Now it's yeah the brand.
3: Yeah, they just reached out. It's called so. It's called Awake. It's caffeinated chocolate. Oh,
2: well, I mean, I guess okay. That's that's a mashup, kind of. Do you yeah. want
3: some? I have to what be you really mean, do careful. I, want some? I have some, they gave they sent what is me this? some. Oh my
2: god. Okay. I ha- okay, so what is this? I'm it's awake. it's
3: like there's two flavors peanut butter, uh-huh. dark chocolate bite, and then what's this other one? Almond, Almond sea salt. Almond sea salt. There's like no sugar.
2: No, no, it says no sugar it's added. A,
3: it's a chocolate with no sugar added, which like oh wait, how does that, that work? I don't know. So I haven't had one yet. I, I waited for you.
2: Uh-huh.
3: It's keto. All I right. don't know what that means. So, you this says want me it says it has the I'm reading the side of this actual caffeine, half a cup of Joe. Uh-huh. Now I don't I don't drink coffee anymore, so I'm gonna be bouncing off the walls. Which one did you open up?
2: Uh, uh almond sea salt. Mm.
3: Well, not bad. It's just dark chocolate. And then we're just gonna be like buzzing.
2: I can't believe I'm participating in this.
3: Yes, you you I can believe it. It's fantastic. You got me on the chocolate. I know. That was my lure. So, so anyway, they're not paying me or anything. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was cool that they wanted to send me this.
2: I don't believe them. They say no sugar was added. There's clearly sugar. That's that's. It a, doesn't that's really a taste candy. like. There's any sugar. Now, when a when yeah. a brand reaches out to you, does it look like? Uh, yeah. Michelangelo's uh, Sistine Chapel, where there's like Completely. their hand comes out, their finger touches. Your... I
3: was going for a walk, and a hand came out of the sewer. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Sorry, awake. That's just I'm joking. And then a spark of light and mm-hmm. chocolate appeared.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. They just said, "Do you want this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take chocolate." So I don't know if they're listening. Whatever. Okay. There's well, no gluten in it.
2: Yeah, that was. I mean, it wasn't. That was not bad. It was. It was what it was. What it was.
3: Yeah. Full of caffeine, too. So ca- isn't there caffeine in chocolate already? Yeah, I think so. So now they're putting more. They had no sugar added, but
2: mm-hmm. They caffeine. added caffeine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. It's kind of ridiculous, right? The This whole situation.
2: The fact I participated was ridiculous. The fact that ridiculous. I got
3: something like that for free. Yes. The fact that I made you eat it. Two
2: points. Th-
3: that it's like caffeinated chocolate.
2: Oh, my God.
3: And a little piece is half, a, like the same as half a cup of coffee.
2: Yeah. Okay. Ridiculous.
3: I got to be careful because my uh-huh. nephew, he comes over every week uh-huh. and he has like Terminator vision for chocolate. Oh my God. He hates these chocolates. And he's just four. <laughs> so, I'm
2: rooting for that. No, I don't yes. need a
3: little four-year-old <laughs> You go to the
2: bathroom, he eats like four of them. That's he's what he just, would do too. Totally. He likes <laughs> to eat. <racket-balling laughs> off the walls. He likes
3: to eat four of everything because yes. he's four. Of course. Anyway. You
2: got four fingers and a thumb. Yeah, I get it. It is ridiculous. Well, Elizabeth, you got a second. You got mm-hmm. a second? Mm-hmm. Now they're all caffeinated and chocolate geeked up. <laughs> uh, I want to talk Art. Yes, sir. You like art.
3: Yeah, I love art.
2: Yeah, you know how an artist typically chooses a medium they favor? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, by medium, I mean like paint or clay or bass guitar, right. mixtape, paper mache, or even say naked Europeans coated in Vaseline. Sure. What up, Matthew Barney? So, <laughs> my point is there are also artists who don't settle on one media, they can do mixed media. Right. right? Okay. Right. So, we have the visual collage artist, mm-hmm. the sculptor, possibly, the filmmaker, definitely, mm-hmm. the pop dance collective, CNC Music Factory. <laughs> Okay, I mean, come on, Elizabeth. They combine dance, people, video elements, and lycra.
3: People who dance while they're waiting for their popcorn to pop in the microwave.
2: Yes, we'll count. We'll count that mm-hmm. mixed media. Yeah. Now, my point is, artists often discover a medium, one that allows them to speak to the world, to all of us, in a new way, and they go, "This is my voice, right?" And this is because. This allows them to comment on the human condition, or on their own humanity, or on existence itself, Elizabeth, or just maybe a simple emotion. Elizabeth, today, I'd like us to consider a very important, a unique artist. Yes, sir. One whose medium is carceral. These are non-traditional artists, Elizabeth, <laughs> whose medium, this one is, it's a defiant act. They, they work in escape. Today, we consider the prison escape artist.
3: Oh, my God, I love it. <laughs>
2: This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous.
3: Yes, puppy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, Mommy, you like the <laughs> art, right? You kind of fancy like that. Yeah,
3: it's so fancy. I hope
2: you brought your big brain today because this will be a cultured affair. Oh, wow. Oh, yes. Today, I want to speak of the the metier of the prison escape artist. Uh-huh. To put this outsider artist, if you will, into their <laughs> proper perspectives, let us first consider the modern art world extant. Okay. Okay?
3: Which is all just money laundering, but go on.
2: Exactly. Now, they're already criminals, but they're free. So, no, my point is, this is... Uh, I went and I was reading, you know, like, Art in America, Art World, Artnet art online, and I found this is from Artnet's national art critic, Ben Davis. And this is dated uh, March 3rd, 2021. He's talking about the state of the art world today. I love his clothes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> totally great. I mean, he went from making really great industrial workwear into uh-huh. commenting on so contemporary amazing. art. Now, his... Articles, the title, get me to start. Just listen to this title, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Why causes, that's K A W S, apostrophe S, global success may well be a symptom of a depressed culture, adrift in nostalgia and retail therapy, colon, how to make sense of the popularity of an artist known for sad cartoons and collectible toys. (laughs) <laughs> I love you that title. It's like a 19th century book title. Right? <laughs> so now, do you know the former street artist turned gallerist cause? No. K-A-W-S, all caps. Not familiar. You've likely seen his work. He has what art critics call a signature motif. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his motif? Great question, Elizabeth. Crossed out eyes. The eyes are X's. You see a big circle-headed oh, creature. Oh, like eyeballs, not the, letter yeah, I. Yeah, eyes okay. like uh, crossed out eyeballs. Okay. And so his eyes are just singular X's. I
3: love when people do that in drawing. To signify someone is dead,
2: I like it when they signify someone's blottoed.
3: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, X is for eyes. X is, is the for best. You
2: like X dot eyes? Yeah. Uh-huh. You're so gangster. <laughs> no. His uh, you know, his probably a signature character. Think graffiti. It's known as Companion. It's this gray, big skull head of a Mickey Mouse looking cartoon, and he's got Xed uh, out okay. eyes.
3: Okay, then I right? I have seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, that's
2: Cause. Now his work is very now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, according to ArtNet, and I quote, "The culture of Cause is closer to some general sense of what a very large and enthusiastic public wants from art." Mm. This is what the art people are saying, we're not all, me, Elizabeth. We're
3: all supposed to pause for the cause.
2: <laughs> no, why is that? Why do people want this? All art. They got the answers for you, Elizabeth. Here we go. Quote So, why? What itch does it scratch? We live in an era of reboots and remakes of regurgitated intellectual property. The most mainstream layer of mainstream culture consists of things like comic book movies and Star Wars, reprocessing teenage affections in endlessly permuting ways. What in visual art hits the same nerve? Hmm. Right. So he's like, oh, yeah, blame the reboots. Now, right? basically, in all honesty, this is a valuable question to consider. The folks over at ArtNet are kind enough to supply the antidote to our modern dilemma. They get to the heart of it. They tap that root, Elizabeth. The answer lies in one word. What is that word? Emotion. Mm. And how it is conveyed. Okay. ArtNet argues that work like cause, quote, register an emotion without really making you feel that emotion. The work's very vacantness seems to suggest a low level depression running through society, so pervasive that it serves as a neutral sign of the art's nowness, rather than reading as a personal feeling expressed by the artist. So basically, there is no there, there, as. The uh, nowness. Yeah, exactly. As Dorothy Parker would say, that personal feeling expressed by the artist. That's what we're after today, Elizabeth. Okay. That undeniable motion, that irresistible freedom. In this case, it is freedom Uh itself. Extant. Big capital letters. Yeah. How is freedom represented? How is it expressed? How is it felt by the intended audience? Elizabeth, I got a question for you. Do you have a favorite prison escape movie? Uh, no. No?
3: (laughs) Favorite prison escape movie. Yeah,
2: like people busting out of prison. Uh... You know, from I don't know Tango and Cash to The Great Escape, you got choices. Uh, let's say Great Escape. I'm really having oh, trouble. The tango like... and Cash only break out of being imprisoned momentarily. But anyway, yeah, you know I'm just what? trying
3: to rack my brain. Uh, you know, you know, I'm slow in the head. What about and... The
2: Rock, producer Dave, Sean Connery, The Rock, The Rock, <gasps> boom. You're playing both sides. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, and it's got a local angle for you. Cause... Yeah, okay,
3: let's say The Rock then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been my favorite. I'll argue that forever. Yeah, You
2: you were saying that on the way into the office. You were like, I was the talking rock. to
3: myself outside.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, Producer Dave, do you have a favorite, uh, prison escape movie or even just an escape from an incarceration movie? Uh, yes. I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, like, the, yes, but it's proprietary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you. No. Uh, yeah. what about like, I have many favorites, you know, I, the world mm-hmm. is my favorite. Uh, the the island, like the one where <laughs> the, it's sci-fi, and they're trying to get off. The entire island is a prison. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's a pretty good choice. Okay, not a great movie, but a good idea. Yeah, there you go. That's the whole thing is you can get down to the essential with the prison escape movie. We all relate. You're like, I want to get the hell out of there. I get it. Yeah. Right? Like uh, Shawshank Redemption. How about that one? That was a great prison movie. People feel that ending. They're like, yeah, I'm rooting for that guy who may or may not have murdered his wife. I know by the end we know he didn't, but still. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Did I ruin that one? Anyway, (laughs) The Migrate is The Great Escape. That's my favorite. Oh, great. Yeah, it has everything, Elizabeth. It has Steve McQueen. Defeating smug Nazis, there's motorcycle jumps, machine guns, there was the daring tunnel escape, of course, there's the French Resistance. These are
3: all your favorite things.
2: Totally. Charles Bronson in a rowboat, James Coburn on a a bicycle, a a flute theme. Yes, exactly. Producer Dave gets it. Now, second question. Do you have a favorite real-life prison escape? All the ones that we've done on this show. <laughs> 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 Way to answer, team player. No, the- I'm
3: like Rob Lowe in the NFL house. <laughs> I like it
2: all. I like the very concept of it. I just love escape. Now, these days, the greatest living prison escape artist is the man. El Myth, El Legend, El Chapo.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He had those little cool tunnels.
2: Totally. Joaquin Uh El Chapo Guzman, a.k.a. Joaquin the Shorty Guzman, a.k.a. The Chopped One. (laughs) Well, he was known at his peak as a prison, like a rank prison escape artist. This dude, like he was like a rank bull, but rank prison escape artist. El Chapo escaped. Not once, but twice from maximum security prison.
3: Didn't he have like cute little toodling machines?
2: Yes. In the tunnels? I was gonna yeah. tell you about that. That's his best escape, in my opinion. It occurred in July 2015. El Chapo, he's locked up in the Altiplano maximum security prison. Video surveillance shows El Chapo pacing in his cell, right? And then suddenly he lowers himself into this little hole in the shower area, slides down into some makeshift tunnel, and whew! disappears. Now, he was in a tunnel that his men had been digging under the prison. They they were, you know, waiting for him. They'd prepared was a motorcycle, like, and the motorcycle was affixed to two rails, like yeah. its own little personal railroad track.
3: Totally. Right.
2: And now the tunnel- And it was a
3: small it motorcycle. Was, yeah. It looked like one of those things outside of a supermarket that you can put 25
2: <laughs> cents in <and> right <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. So the chopped one, he gets on this, and the tunnel is low enough that he won't hit his cabeza. So it's like a short little tunnel. He's got on his little motorbike. He goes, broom, and he goes tootling off down that tunnel, right? <laughs> tunnels well made. Authorities, they had estimated it would have taken probably 18 months to two years of like contract labor to get this done his men got it done in 16 months at the maximum because that's when he went into the prison okay anyway to hide their work they had bought land near the prison then they constructed a, like an anomalous looking cinder block building it was supposed to be ostensibly a bodega to come uh-huh. then they used that to hide their work which is like you know earth movers and all sorts of stuff the subterranean tunnel that they dug it stretched more than a mile long and then it gets under the tunnel right to where his little you know shower stall is. Like, they nailed it, right? Now, of course, when Chapo finds his waiting motorcycle, he revs it up, of course, races off down that, it's all lit up the tunnel. (laughs) He gets, you know, He's it's a mile-long ride, like, it's like an amusement park ride for one, right? And boom, he gets to the end, his waiting men are like, hey, El Chapo! And now, he was recaptured, eventually. You know, we know about that, because his, you know, his wife was just released from prison, but he's still in American prison. Very little chance he will ever escape, the maximum supermax prisons are a Little bit different than like say a Mexican. Is he in that Supermax in Colorado? I believe so. Yeah. I do not know, but I think so. Yeah. Now the chopped one, since you know, he's a real bad guy. So we will not be celebrating him. He would definitely smash our 1% rule on murder.
3: Oh yeah.
2: Like his stories, any story about El Chapo is like 67% murder. It's just <laughs> anyway. It, it, also, by the way, I looked this up. His, uh, I, this is kind of, I thought ironic his name, El Chapo, it can mean many things. Right? Uh-huh. I, I, I say it means the chopped one. It doesn't really mean that. Uh, it, it's from the verb, the verb uh, chapar chapar it means to plate right okay it means like to plate a meal right so you'd be oh yeah but it also means to plate as in to seal something like if you were to veneer a door Right. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so like Chapar uh, una puerta, right? And so Chapar uh-huh. also means to shut in or to lock up. So as in to lock up a criminal, like Chapar una delincuente, un hombre quien es un criminal, right? So his nickname also means the locked up one.
3: Oh, <laughs> anyway, self-fulfilling prophecy there. Moving
2: on, I'd like to introduce you to a man more in line with the spirit of the show, the prison escape artist Alfred George Hines. Street name, Houdini Hines. His chosen medium, prison escape. Now... Born in 1917, he hailed from a criminal artist family. His father was a practitioner of the light-fingered arts, a journeyman of theft and robbery, but he made the mistake to work in mixed media, and he became an armed artist. That (laughs) choice cost his father his freedom and eventually left the young Houdini Hines with a father-sized hole in his life. Yeah, so at age seven, Houdini Hines, he hits the bricks. He ran away from the group home that he'd been housed after his father's incarceration, this newly minted street urchin, or he goes in R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Woo! Yeah, Seven years old, right? Um, but he doesn't have like the car and the little bricks under his feet. He's just on the streets. <laughs> now, Houdini Hines, he gets into the family business, small time theft. He wasn't much better at it than his old man, and uh, he gets caught stealing once when he was five. Well, no, sorry, seven. Anyway, Jane's Addiction <laughs> lyrics aside, Elizabeth, Houdini Hines, he gets locked up just like dear old dad, right? <laughs> Now, what, but he didn't like life on the inside. Now, so once again, what's he do? He R U N N O F T, this yep. time from prison. He breaks out or, you know, from like a group youth home. Anyway, okay. it's like an in- institution for uh, wayward youth, yep. right? So, what's next for old Houdini Hines? Well, he's British and there's a world war going on. Oh, so yeah. So, when is the this? The second of his kind. He was born in 1917. So, at this point, yeah. we're in the th- late 30s, er, okay. like 39, 40. <laughs> so, uh, the second war of this kind, world war, since he's a fighting agent, they're like, oh, we don't care if you've been in the the stir. You're, you're now in the army. Yeah. So he's off to the war. But just like prison, this doesn't work for old Houdini Hines. <laughs> I mean, one, he doesn't like uniforms. Two, he doesn't like being told what to do. He doesn't like being told where to eat when to go to sleep. So this ruled out prison, ruled out the British Army. He's like, I got to bounce, right? So he's now at this point, what's he going to do, Elizabeth? He's in the army. He's decided it's not going to work for him. Well, you know the answer. He, R-U-N-N-O-F-T, he deserts the <laughs> British Army. <laughs> now, still. <laughs> well, a rather young man with much life in front of him, old Houdini Hines, he needs to find a place for himself amidst the flow of life. Naturally, he gravitated back to the family business. Petty crime. Yeah. And he gets rested again. Aww. Let's take a break. And after this, I'll tell you about how he launched his career as a prison escape artist. <laughs>
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
4: Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts
1: here. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
2: All right, Elizabeth. Zarin. We're back. You're so angry. I know. I'm fired up, dude. I love this. Prison escape artist. These are my peoples. I've been wanting to tell you about this.
3: I am vibrating at a higher plane of caffeine.
2: Oh, there's that that too. I'm
3: like a high hot wire.
2: Yeah, I'm already like pretty high tension, high wire act. And then you added caffeine and chocolate. Like I'm buzzing enough to make cocaine nervous. How
3: many of those have you eaten so far?
2: Four. (laughs) What? Is that bad?
3: (laughs) No, no. It's Tell me when
2: to go. Tell me when to go. It's totally cool. Totally legal. Totally cool. Anyway, so where was I? Oh, that's right, Houdini Hines.
3: Uh-huh. Getting so busted.
2: He's busted. He's no better at crime than his old man. So this is 1953 at this point. Mm-hmm. He's uh this time he was busted on a jewel robbery charge. Hmm. The store is actually a furniture business. I don't know British law Wait. why it was called a jewel robbery. Maybe there was like necklaces in the furniture store. I don't know. This I was <laughs> com- I'm register. compiling it from news stories, yeah. <laughs> made no sense to yeah, me anyway he insisted he was innocent not only that he wasn't even there like i don't even know i don't even know those dudes i never these are my pants. yes exactly i don't know how i could have been in these anyway he promises after you know denying he had anything to do with those chaps uh doesn't matter to the bobbies they're like yes yeah, so you're going anyway back to prison so houdini hines is arrested tried convicted done deal sentenced 12 years in prison while he's on the inside he's confronted with the totality of himself Mm. He's like, oh, alone with nothing but himself, his time, he digs into what he knows. He pushes past and finds something anew, Elizabeth. He finds his true artistic medium, prison escape, a way to express himself and his moment in the world. And in his work, Elizabeth... We who appreciate this medium, we find a, quote, wonderful all-over tactility, you know? <laughs> Elizabeth, a, a nowness of it. Exactly. An undeniable zhuzh. Now, Elizabeth, there's an approachable immediacy to prison escape, you know? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The work, it both speaks to the essential and it heightens one's awareness of the pull of both time and tradition as it equally valorizes that which we all hold sacred. Are you
3: writing for Artnet now?
2: Our freedom, Elizabeth, our very (laughs) lives, our essence of me, of you, of us. Mm -hmm. We are free. Yes. Right? Kind of. Okay, anyway. As Houdini Hines begins to play with form, he makes strident leaps. He's a really quick study. He becomes a master almost immediately. Once he focuses on the medium of prison escape, you find him at the outset of his career, Elizabeth, like a church gargoyle. posed there, familiar, repugnant, but yet he doesn't care because he's busy watching you. Mm. Stone cold, seemingly waiting for you to look away. Now, Elizabeth, 1955 rolls around. Finally, someone looks away from this gargoyle. And Houdini Hines, he entered the art world with escape. And we'll call his first work, The Key Be With Me. Okay? Key be with me. Now, that's my informal name for this work. That's not what he named it. But anyway, Houdini Hines was in Nottingham Prison, home of the Robin Hood, at the time. And he was doing time, 12 years, as I said, right? Now, he had a stroke of genius. He's like, oh, I can become the key to my freedom. He began to focus his keen powers of observation on what mattered most, the key ring on the jailer's hip. Yeah. In particular, he studied the master key he knew promised him freedom. He studied it, and he studied it. He memorized it. Then he went to work in the prison shop and he copied the key (gasps) from memory what and he cut a new key from memory (laughs) from memory when he tested the fake key he also had two other guys help him so they were constantly kind of like judge each other's notes right so so he fake he tested his fake key he found his memory impeccable the key worked perfectly he walked right out of the prison gates climbed up over a 20-foot prison stone wall freed himself he ran off to ireland to keep his newfound freedom. Uh-huh. He found work in construction as a decorator and builder. A yeah. talented man, great eye. Yeah. But it was a short-lived taste of life outside Elizabeth because the detectives from Scotland Yard, the old Flying Squad boys, <laughs> they caught up to him. Now, Houdini Hines, he's captured in 1956. Roughly eight months after his prison escape, Elizabeth, boom, freedom taken away. And by 1957, two years later, he's back in court in London working on his next great work. Uh It was an impromptu piece. But yet again, it spoke to his developing genius as a prison escape artist. Now, where do you think he took his art form? Elizabeth, you'll find that this, this created maison scene in Houdini Hines' work, it is, if you will, and pardon the expression, key to his work. Yes. Now, his prison <laughs> escapes, are highly imaginative, sure, but they are also highly idiosyncratic. Interesting. Yes, this okay. is what gives his work such an irreverent sense of wonder and joy. Uh-huh. It's a, It's a playful quality, Elizabeth. Now, you know... Why he's doing what he's doing, but yet you also marvel at how Houdini Hines reaches his aim. You'd see it right there. You're like, there's no way. And yet he's able to. Okay, let's consider his next escape. As I said, impromptu piece of work. He sued the prison authorities took him to... He's like, I'm taking you guys to court. Take okay. me to court. Take you to sue court. Sue me. Sue you. Exactly. Houdini Hines demanded his day in court. He gets it. He he claimed that the prison commissioners had illegally arrested him. Remember, he said he was never in that furniture store. I don't even know those chests.
3: Right, right.
2: Now, so the lawsuit was just a ruse. Okay. <laughs> it, was a, it was a pure smokescreen. Now, it was a timeless illusion meant to throw sand into the gearbox of mindless bureaucracy, <laughs> Elizabeth. It was, it was a gesture. You know, it was meant to help him get free again with just one life-affirming sparring with fate. Now, Houdini (laughs) Hines is in court in London with his lawsuit, and he asks to use the little boy's room. Okay. Now, he was like me, you know, in the minutes Did before he say we record. It like that? Yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, Pops, do you mind if I chop into the little boy's room? No, I don't know how he said it. Anyway, <laughs> two like, prison guards, up. they escorted him. Now, once he's in the loo, if uh-huh. you prefer, the like guards that. took off his handcuffs so he could handle himself. And that's when Houdini Hines sprung his trap. Now, he shoved both of the guards into the toilet stall. Then he slapped a padlock down that he had secreted on his person, oh, locked the padlock. There had been two eyelets placed by his confederates on the door so they would match with the lock. Then he casually walked out of the court building, rejoined the flow of Londoners on Fleet Street, and bon voila. Wow. He was free. Yes, he was a living reminder of the meaning of escape, Elizabeth. Houdini Hines embodied the human desire to shake off the yoke of society (laughs) and return to a Rousseauian state in accord with nature. He could once again feel the wind is what I'm saying. There's so much...
3: Purple emanating <laughs> from your laptop. I'm, I'm loving. I'm this. looking over, and the purple prose I is told you, giving off I read steam.
2: A lot of art in America. Sounds a lot like of, it. I mean, just it's amazing stuff, right? <laughs> anyway. He's captured five hours after he escaped from the courtroom, picked up at the airport. Yeah, he's out for five hours. One year later, Houdini Hines would unveil his next great work, Elizabeth. You'll find a great prison artist is never satisfied. They long to perform. If they are locked up, they yearn for freedom. Sadly, though, they must be locked up in order for them to express themselves in their chosen medium. (laughs) Ah, Cal irony. Oh, the conundrum. Now, uh, smash cut. Chelmsford Prison. Mm. Houdini Hines was back behind bars. He'd cast about for inspiration, and then he found it. He decided for his next great work he would do a one-man retrospective a look back at his first great work (laughs) so elizabeth remember the first great work it was predicated on what the key now prison escape is a fragile medium Uh and for one is to imitate oneself to repeat oneself it's like trying to you know recreate the same bubble how do you do that often you'll find that prison escape work can appear overly wrought maybe rushed poorly conceived not definitely him because You know, it can feel derivative, but even if you're quoting from (laughs) yourself, right, even in failure, right, it it doesn't matter because it inadvertently restores the calming order of status quo. So it reifies (laughs) society, Elizabeth. Anyway, Houdini Hines. Wait, wait, he repeated himself. Did I just get reified? You did, brother. Uh,
3: We all did. So (laughs) with
2: a greater success this time, he is able to, once again, copy a jailer's key and he walks out of prison he returns again to Ireland. He's like, I gotta get out it, of England. Because
3: that all went so well last time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think they, the Irish were like, what, another Englishman? They, I don't know <laughs> if he's in the right part of Ireland. Anyway, yeah, where is he? I, don't, I could not tell you he's, that. But yeah. all of it was repetition, right? Because in the latest iteration, he recognized that in every act of creation, Elizabeth, one can also find an act of destruction. But in that, <laughs> we find the fuel for the creation of something new, the ecology of art, if you will. Now, Houdini Hines, Realize he had overlooked a key detail in his previous work. What Uh was it that he looked over Elizabeth? I don't know. Creating a convincing new self.
3: Oh, okay. Was he still in like
2: striped prison uniform? (laughs) He's like, I should take out my prison outfit. I
3: need to reinvent myself. Stripes don't work for me.
2: So this time he became William Herbert Bishop, used car salesman. Herbert, yeah. So he we worked under this convincing new form for two years in Ireland. Oh, he yes, he was the simulacrum until he was caught. How was he caught? He was driving a car with no license plates or registration. I couldn't quite. I got two ways of telling this story. <laughs> the Oakland Either special. way, yeah, he didn't have his paperwork in order on a car. Remember, used car salesman. You think he'd have that oh, covered? No. Anyway, he gets undone not by bureaucracy, but rather by its absence, specifically huh. the absence of paperwork. Elizabeth. <laughs> anyway, modern moment indeed. Now, in this details of Houdini Hines' work, we discover the vitality of life, but also the unceasing ironic humor of an unfeeling universe. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, in 1996. Elizabeth, he finally did the expected. Yeah. He got a prison book deal.
3: Ah, oh, yes. thank God. To share
2: his genius, Houdini Hines documented his art and his process in a book with the title Contempt of Court. <laughs> Genius. I love that title. Genius. Now, okay, next up, I got another one for you. This guy is the, the creme de la creme. He is my man, Brian Bo Larson, one of the truly great prison escape oh, artists. Oh,
3: we're having a little like sampler. Platter oh, my goodness. Of these guys. Yes.
2: Brian Bo Larson, he brings into thrilling, vivid detail and graphic focus the widely known fact that we can always feel the unmistakable impact of intention.
3: Yeah. Right? You yeah. know it when you feel it. 100%.
2: Now, Elizabeth, you ever heard of, and my apologies to all the Danes listening and those who care about Danes, but I'm about to butcher this. And so, look... I, I swear I'm trying, but anyway. You
3: just be like me, butcher it.
2: Vridis Lossoli State Prison. Okay. Okay. It's a charming spot. Not at all, really, but anyway, it's in Albertsland. Uh-huh. And that is, if you aren't up on the latest in Copenhagen real estate, that's a suburb west of Copenhagen.
3: Oh, okay. Yes. Good anyway, to know.
2: at the time, Brian Bo Larson, he was 40 years old and he wanted to get free, Elizabeth.
3: Yeah, we all do.
2: Larson, committed artist, he's often worked with traditional tools. For instance, to get out of the Vridis Lossoli State Prison, Larson <laughs> turned to the tried and true and the traditional. What tools did he use, Elizabeth? What were his forms to shape and to mold? What did he choose to work with?
3: Uh, a wooden spoon a hacksaw Oh okay
2: and a rope ladder.
3: Oh, that's classic. Told you, classic See, I maneuver, said, traditional. Yeah. So
2: there was a fifteen meter drop he had to negotiate. There were bars on his cell window he had to negotiate. These were his primary constraints, of which against he had to battle. Mm-hmm. He opted for a hacksaw to transform the iron bars into decorative elements, no longer functional as prison bars.
3: I thought he would like hack into his ribs so he could collapse his rib cage <laughs> to slip through <laughs> the bars. I
2: was going the other. I was
3: going internal to. Yeah,
2: different saw. Now, he also fashioned two rope ladders, Uh one to climb up, because this was his nod to the boldness of Icarus. The second rope ladder was to climb down to the other side of the prison wall.
3: I didn't know there were up ladders and down ladders.
2: Yeah, no, this he needed two. He needed a, a nod to the childhood fable of Rapunzel, a down ladder, and an up ladder that was a <laughs> nod know. to is Icarus. The, I got
3: to find out if the ladder in my garage is an up or a down.
2: Well, it depends on how you use them. If you have a wall and you put one on one side and one on the other side and you're on this side, you got an up ladder and a down ladder. What
3: if you put the up ladder on the wrong side and the down ladder on the other side?
2: You got to get some kind of help <laughs> with that. You got a ladder, he's your girl. <laughs> Now, what had set him off at the moment was a parole board hearing that determined he wasn't going to see the outside anytime soon. Oh. he was like, no, 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 no! Brian Bo Larson do not like that. <laughs> so Brian Bo Larson, he says he went out and he bought himself some bedding. Like that was, he got out of that parole hearing. He's like, do pop up, get me some bedding. Goes
3: to the department store. Yeah, no,
2: I actually have it from. I got his words. And he said, and I quote, and then I weave twenty meters of rope out of it. So he gets himself bedding. And he's like, I'm on it. Huh makes himself some rope. Okay, He wove his tool of freedom for his next great work. He lived in a ground floor cell, right? So without windows. So he would have to get up to the second floor in the pr- inside the prison uh-huh. before he can even encounter a way to get out. Okay. So the windows were only, as I said, on the top floor cells, but not only that, many of the windows, they were already shattered and broken, a comment on the modern society. <laughs> anyway, left open to the elements, this was yet another punishment in the prison during wintertime. Oh, so man. Brian Bo Larson, he sees this as a hint of freedom. Punishment turned into liberation. And yet another tool to express himself, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So once his bedsheet rope was done, he braided a second. Then he's ready. Two rope ladders up and down. <laughs> Quote, I throw the rope out of window at seven o'clock in the evening when it is dark. Down on the ground floor where I have the cell, I saw the beam, and at three in the morning I go out. The beam being the spotlight of the oh, prison. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he's outside now, but he's still not yet free, because he's still in the prison grounds. He still has to climb off the roof that he is now on. He Nearly false because it's like wintertime slippery. Yeah. He secures himself in his one true possession, his life, Elizabeth, and now his prison escape. I tied the rope but could see that it wasn't very secure, but I chose to take the chance. Luckily, I managed to crawl over halfway down. He made oh, it halfway, halfway down. And then fate played a hand, Elizabeth, because <laughs> he is an artwork. It is occurring with both the artist and the medium in the moment. It is a performance dance, if you will. A Mm -hmm. prison escape artist who is a performance artist.
3: And it's ever-evolving.
2: Totally. As As he explains it, quote... All of a sudden, the rope breaks. So I fell the last five or six meters. I landed on the asphalt on one foot and then on my tail. I can feel that something happened there that wasn't supposed to happen. (laughs) I thought I wouldn't get back up. But you also want to leave. So I fought my way up and jumped in through some bushes and away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so Andrew he busts his butt on his on the tub like the <laughs> cobblestone. Exactly. And he's like, Oh my coccyx, and then he's like, I need to lie down a while but he's like, Oh I can't lie down here right outside the prison. So he bounces where the bushes, gone. His latest artistic expression was rousing, if painful, success. (laughs) His choice of tools worked brilliantly well, if only momentarily. Mm -hmm. One prison escape artist critic, we will call him the head of security of the Copenhagen West Regional Police, Kim Svinsingen. He uh, said, we received notification on Saturday morning at 820, but we do not know when he was last seen. I mean, it's not the best art criticism, but that's what they say. (laughs) Anyway, Brian Bo Larson was indeed free. Dazzling success. Now, in many ways... In a rather philosophical mood, one might say, one might be amused at how Larson's latest work was both a wink and a nod to the power of the flexible rope to overcome the unbending iron bar. Mm, right? Yeah, okay. sure. Now, in many ways, you might say that Larson's work is both satirical and imbued with a sense of the immediate and the timeless. Yeah, Right. I it's, would totally say that. It's irresistible. Like, I've been
3: saying it in my head this whole time.
2: It has a simplicity that speaks for itself. Yeah, completely. No keys from memory from him. He Mm. just plays the classics, baby. (laughs) Bedsheet, rope, hacksaw. But for our next one, we bring in a new element... The Bulldozer. Wait. Yes, his next great work was titled The Bulldozer. As with The Rope Ladder and The Hacksaw, he again returned to a bold strike to remind us all of the power and joy of freedom. With this work, Elizabeth, he also maximized his planning and included a commentary on the meaning and the need for community.
3: I I much prefer his uh, earlier works that Mm -hmm. were sort of a statement on the uh, liminal quality of... uh,
2: The liminal space of the prisoner in uh, what we would call a punishing impunitive society. That
3: you are you in the prison? Are you out of the prison? Are you in the are that, we
2: in a prison on the outside?
3: Am I just a prison myself? Are we
2: the prison guards of our own prison?
3: Am I the prison of the prison and the prison to a prison?
2: Um,
4: yeah, well, said. think about that now, think now. Let
2: that, that ruminate. So, with a bulldozer, his next great uh. Peace. Mm-hmm. Brian Bo Larson not only set himself free, but he did as Audrey Lord would insist. He freed eleven others, Elizabeth. <laughs> as Lord said, quote, I am not free while any woman is unfree, even when her shackles are very different from my own. Brian Beau Larson said, same brother, but for dudes in prison with me. <laughs> Now, in 1995, he unveiled his latest work. He orchestrated a triumphant act. He asked a buddy on the outside to act against the walls that divided them. Mm. Yeah, so his buddy went and fired up a, you guessed it, a bulldozer, and he drove it down to the prison. And then what did he do, Elizabeth? He smashed the bulldozer right into the prison walls that divided them, transforming it via his introduction of an aspirational nothingness. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving behind a great hole in the wall. Uh Now, with one great bum's rush, Brian Bo Larson and his 11 disciples, his acolytes of freedom, they fled prison, Elizabeth. You can witness this uh, work for yourself on YouTube. It has been preserved because there was someone on the outside recording it on video for posterity. What? This document of freedom achieved. Clearly, they knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Now, with a rough and barbaric yawp, the newly freed shouted their brief manifesto celebrating the thrill of their will to life. Their shared manifesto was just one word, Elizabeth? Yes! (laughs) Now, Yoko Ono, she would be pleased with the urgency of this and the fact that they'd quoted from her. Now, some have criticized this work for the risks and the shock of it all. But Uh for me, Elizabeth, I'd argue that as a prison escape artist... Brian Bo Larson owes us no sense of responsibility. He is an, and purely a devotee of freedom. Mm. Now, additionally, I would say the hyper-realism of this work, The, the Bulldozer, it does obscure some of the, the macro-contemplation that arises <laughs> from the questions oh, considered. We lose <laughs> sight of some of his commentary on life. It gets obfuscated by the unequivocally graphic. You know, oh, c- yeah, prisoners exactly. rushing out of a dark hole. It scares totally. one, and you cannot contemplate the truth before you. Sure. Now, it's like kind of like Mapplethorpe's Piss Christ of his oeuvre. Or <laughs> it's it's his version of Madonna's book, Sex. Okay. It overcomes the the, the message. Okay. Now, this is a danger of being such a prolific artist. It really is. Now, Houdini Hines, he was more of a Beethoven to Larson's Mozart. He, uh, like... Houdini Hines, he only gave us a few great symphonies of freedom. Uh While Brian Bro Larson, he was prolific as that wicked-humored child, Elizabeth. He gave us 22 successful prison escapes. 22? Now, we won't cover them all. Not all 22. But I do want to highlight a couple more of his greatest works. Let's take a little break, refresh, and I'll be back with more of Brian Bro Larson. Okay, Elizabeth. Yeah, right. Art lover. We're back.
3: Oh, my God, totally. You ready? Yes.
2: I think that uh, we've been discussing, you know, Houdini Hines, Brian Mm -hmm. Bo Larson. But I think to, you know, kind of synthesize this conversation, we should also remind ourselves that to understand any artist, we must look to their home life, their beginnings. Because that is where the artist is created Mm -hmm. in ways that even they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Now, what was it that first drove Brian Bo Larson to long for escape? don't know. His father, Elizabeth, a rough, brutish man, violent to him and his mother. In some ways, you would say that his father formed and shaped the prison escape artist as a young man. That
3: makes sense, right?
2: As Larson himself, he has noted, it came with a cost to become the prison escape artist that he is. Mm -hmm. Quote, of course, I've missed out on a lot of things in this life with all the years I've been in prison, but crying over spilled milk doesn't help. Now, that said, Larson has confided that even if he could have lived the other life, it could well have happened. He knows that he could have gone the straight and narrow path. Sure. With the knowledge he has today, he says he still would choose his life as a prison escape artist. Really? He's true to the game. Wow. Despite all the risks, the times he nearly died, he would do it all again. Huh. This is the brave commitment that we require of a great artist. Yeah. Even the prison escape artist, Elizabeth. Now, in October 2004, Larson had perhaps his closest run in with death and his own demise.
3: Oh, goodness. Yes,
2: I call this next piece the garden hose. <laughs> Okay. It involves a whole mess of manure. Larson was working in the prison yard. He was raking and shoveling up leaves into a wheelbarrow. He'd already planned his move, of course. And then the universe, it winked at him. This moment, his moment, had arrived. So, what do I mean by that? Well, Brian Bull Larson's about to get free. He's about to bust right back out So at this point, he's locked up in prison, but as he said, he has a job, like many prisoners, his his job was yard work. So he's doing the leaves, but when I say leaves, I don't mean just raking leaves. He's got grass, sod he's cutting up, rolls of earth, real prison yard work. I had a
3: student who was a trustee who did that, did all the landscaping. There you go, yeah, like
2: real, like, you know, curling up the sod. Serious stuff, yeah. So in that mess of, like, earth-to-be that he's right now moving, he spies freedom. Brian Bo Larson, he climbs inside, he burrows down into this dirt-to-be, and now with him, he'd also secreted a length of garden hose. So he gets set under this near-crushing weight, and he waited for the truck to come that's supposed to pick up all this earth he set aside yeah. and lift the container and dump it into the back of the truck and then drive out of the prison. And we'll <laughs> leave it to Brian Bo Larson to explain his work, The Garden Hose. It all began with a prison sheet, once again. Oh, so this was uh, Europe, so it was a prison duvet cover. Sure. Quote, <laughs> One day I took a duvet cover. I had made a proper pile of soil and had two wheelbarrows of soil. I crawled into the duvet cover and then I had my friend cover me with earth. <laughs> this was risky because, as I said, as Elizabeth, it's dangerous. the soil can crush you yes, under its weight. If exactly. it shifts, it moves. So, as Larson noted, that kind of soil is heavy, and you can't move it to the sides because of the container. So, you're completely strapped down there. It was very difficult to oh breathe. My God. You had to pull it really deep for you to feel like you were getting fresh air. I lay down there for 20 minutes. So, 20 minutes, he's barely breathing through this garden hose. Buried alive. Now, as I said, garden hose. So, at one end, it's about 40 centimeters long, so you can picture it okay. right now. He, he was sucking clean air through that garden hose, but it could easily get blocked or clogged. Yeah. You know, and what happens then? You can't, like, just push up through the earth. Anyway, right. he's dancing there on the rim of life, buried in earth already, a premature grave, and he hears the joyous sound of freedom approaching. Then the truck came out. He gave an adrenaline rush when you can feel the forklift grab you, and then you're on your way out of the gate. Oh, I bet. So he's out, Elizabeth. He's free once again. It has worked. Free as you and me. <laughs> Only he's more free. He's way more free than we are. He burrows out of his hiding place. He's spotted, though, by the truck driver, who's still behind the wheel. The guy was like taking a break or something. He's like, oh, oh, my, my timing's wrong. <laughs> so Brian Bo Larson, he doesn't hurt the truck driver, right? Instead, he just runs away because he's not that kind of guy. Of course, he gets caught, arrested a few months later, and he was not returned to the same prison. Instead, he was transferred to a place called Odense Arrest. Now, he was not there long. You don't need to memorize this. But anyway, by this point, he is a mid-career prison escape artist. And now he is working with the power and the confidence of one. 2005, one year after his previous escape, Larson again longed for a deep, clean breath of fresh air. So he started to plot and plan. At first, I sat in another cell and then I persuaded a guard to move me to the last cell because there was a toilet in the last cell. But it's not as long as the cell one and a half, half meters of the cell is not actually the other outer wall. Then I hung up a flag with Tupac. What? Wait. So what it is is he says he wanted to be on a cell, right, that is... uh. He's like, I, I I want a longer cell, right? Okay. So the cell that he was in, he's like, I want to be on the very last cell on this row of cell blocks sure. because there's a toilet there. And the guard's like, okay. And he's like, yeah, now this cell, it's, not, it's shorter because of the toilet, but that doesn't matter to him. So he has, clo- he has closer access to the outer wall because the toilet has pipes running down the right, building, right? right? So then he hung up a flag with Tupac. As you do. Yeah, right? I'm just I'm just laying out the facts, Elizabeth. I'm just so confused. So, Elizabeth, happens- I understand. You may be wondering, why a poster of Tupac?
3: Why a poster of Tupac?
2: Well, it was a screen, Elizabeth. It was a mask. It was meant to distract with the provocation, much like Tupac's own use of his hyper-masculinity to obscure his well-developed feminine side. Yeah, that's right? very true. Anyway, Brian Bo Larson, he hung up his poster of Tupac, his screen, if you will, his mask, on his prison wall, and he got to work. I put a little gizmo behind it so I could check if the guards were checking the wall behind the flag. Gizmo. So that's what he wanted to do. His Tupac poster was a test of the system, much mm-hmm. like Tupac himself. That is spot on. The departed rapper would have likely appreciated this gesture is what I'm saying. Anyway, after a few weeks, the Tupac poster, it informs him that the guards aren't checking too closely. I grabbed a screwdriver from downstairs in the workshop and started digging. I got the screwdriver from another inmate. People want to help each other in prison. Once again, reifying the bonds of community. Anyway, in his work, he's established, as I pointed out, the bonds of community. But his escape was also his fellow prisoners' escape too. Elizabeth. Oh sure. Whether symbolically or truthfully. I do yes. have a quick question. So please. Uh,
3: what was his original crime?
2: Uh, it's like petty theft. Remember.
3: Right. So, but has he done any other crimes? He, or he, he is does he just doing? Like, he's I'm like, just wondering if he keeps racking up added oh yes time every
2: time you escape that's a crime
3: right so i'm so just thinking like he has the original yes. crime and then Not most many of this years. is all just because he keeps adding it mm-hmm. to himself he's doing this to himself
2: that's why i said it's a commitment of an artist he <laughs> understands the, what he must work with <laughs> and to point out the the painful ironies of the bureaucracy that greater criminals than he walk free that's
3: yeah it's a he good mission he must do this That's a strong mission statement.
2: (laughs) Thank you. So here's his latest escape. Uh, He said, quote, I started digging on Friday. Sunday night, I was done. My drawers and cupboards were filled with bricks. There was only an outer layer left, and I could look out to the supermarket on the other side of the prison. So I just sat there and enjoyed the huge hole in the wall and smoked a few (laughs) bong heads. Oh. Yeah, so he's just smoking on a bong, getting high with his Tupac poster, and a little taste of freedom. (laughs) Like I said, more free than any of us. Yeah,
3: he's getting free.
2: A quiet moment, a true moment, Elizabeth. And then what does he do with this? Then I laid the bricks out on the floor like a big H and a big A. -A. That spelled out A-ha. Right. His parting message to his captors. Amazing. So then I just dug out the last piece and he realized I can actually jump down directly from the wall. So he just jumps right onto the ground. Oh, wow. He's done it again. Elizabeth, he's free. If only briefly. (laughs) He had made his escape. He hid out at the this place of a friend of his that he knew. And then eventually he basically gets turned in by the friend. But the point is prison guards and the police, they raid the friend's apartment and boom, he gets apprehended. But in his work, the value of freedom was reiterated once again by its absence. Uh Okay, the prison escape artist, as an artist, Elizabeth, what do you like about their chosen medium?
3: I like the uh, immediacy and the Mm -hmm. urgency. Same, same.
2: I mean, it's undeniable. It's irresistible. And the freshness comes as part of the form.
3: It, it it the nowness of
2: it all. <laughs> exactly. Now at this point, Brian Boy Larson, once again he's in his forties, on the lamb after his most recent escape. The man now known as the escape king was once again ready to gobble up all the life he could. All that was on offer while he was free. First up, he stole a car. You were asking about how he racks up charges, yeah, here you go. But
3: how can you call this man I mean, he he escapes multiple times, mm-hmm. but he's not the king of it. The king is the one who escapes and never is never brought back in.
2: We have different views of kings. <laughs> <laughs> kings are allowed to make mistakes, but it's constant victories I want from my royalty. Was he
3: is he born to a to a line of escape kings? What what, what are now you? He's just what, what are you doing like a peerage report? Yes. What do you, I don't know.
2: <laughs> anyway, the, as I'm getting back to my metaphoric king, he, please <laughs> and thank you. Thanks Kanye's a god. He is a king. You know. <laughs> No gods, What's a god to a king? What's a king to a god, Elizabeth? Where was I? Anyway, Christmas time. So this Christmas time, he's free. He stole a car. All right. So now where is he? I do that every year. It's Christmas time. Plenty of opportunities to do crime. Everybody's out there like, hey, take my car. I'm like, thank you, buddy. Anyway.
3: (laughs) And when people say, oh, no, help, that actually means take my car.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, please help me be free of this burden. (laughs) So rather than me tell you about all this, Elizabeth, just close your eyes. Eyes are closed. Picture it. The wind of speed rushes past your ears. You are in a speeding car, top-down, convertible whip. You are also on an island at the moment. It's Funen Island, to be exact. The nation of Denmark, it has a number of islands, and Funen is one. It's also where Odense Prisons is located, but you know that. At this point, the escape prisoner, Brian Bo Larsen, has yet to run. He's mostly just laying low. And at the moment, you are with him. You are the sex worker that Brian Bo Larson hired to accompany him on his sojourn of freedom and mayhem. He seemed like a fun guy, you thought. He wasn't like your typical Johns. Now, alone with him in his car, Brian Bo Larson seems to be driving around rather aimlessly, just out to enjoy his freedom. Oh, and he's also let you know that the car is stolen. So you're in a hot car. Okay. So there's one other thing. He's also high as hell on hallucinogens. He told you that. You're not sure which ones. He didn't quite, he wasn't exactly, but from what you're guessing, it's probably magic mushrooms. It doesn't seem to be affecting his driving too much. Anyway, he is speeding, (laughs) though. As you stare up at the stars kind of blurring past you in the darkness above, you can hear the tires whirring against the road. That road hum familiar Friendly, steady, solid. It mixes with the soundtrack of music that Brian Bo Larson likes and is bumping in the stolen car. He turns up the classic Tupac he's listening to. Brian Bo Larson laughs to himself as the cool night air rushes through your wig and chills your cheeks a bit. Then you hear it the wheels squeal. He misses the turn, the car slides off the road, catches some air, and slams back down to earth, crashing against a tree and some bushes. The radiator whistles and whines, the engine runs choppy and uneven, it finally cuts off. You shake off the cobwebs in your mind and you find you're surprisingly fine. No broken bones, no major injuries. Then you hear it, a car door opens. You turn and you watch as Brian Bo Larson does what he does best. He R-U-N-N-O-F-T, right (laughs) out of there. But he doesn't (laughs) get far because he's accosted. He swings at his attacker. He ducks a blow, and then another, but he's caught by his second attacker. The weird thing is, you don't see anyone else. It just looked like Ed Norton in the fight club beating himself up in a parking lot. Oh, God. Brian Bo Larson is clearly fighting imaginary people. The funniest part is that he's losing. He keeps getting knocked down by the imaginary people. Then he scrambles back up to his feet, only to be knocked down again by his drug hallucinations. You want to laugh, but you're really not in the mood because everything's just too strange. Finally, Brian Bo Larson breaks free of his imagined attackers and he tears off, disappearing into the night. You, you gather up your stuff, you phone a friend, ask them to come gather you up, and now you say you'll be the one waiting in the car parked against a tree. After a little while, you see headlights approach you. Like, oh, thank God. You smile at your rescuer, but then your smile, it falls fast. Because you see that it's not your friend, but rather it's the police. They question you. They find that your story is rather impossible to believe Elizabeth at first. But uh-huh. then they believe you after you tell them the story three or four times. You even act out part of the fight with the imaginary people. <laughs> the police they release dogs into the darkness certain that larson can't be too far away if he's just run off with a head full of drugs and they're right the dogs quickly locate a man walking in the dark of night and here he's wearing a brown wig you hear over the police radio (laughs) which is about as convincing as i don't know an afro on gwyneth paltrow anyway it doesn't take long for the danish cops to confirm this is indeed their escaped convict you hear on the radio back inside brian Oh, Brian. Yeah, meanwhile, this has been one of the most entertaining nights you've had lately. Uh, I hope. Now, as best as I can tell, Elizabeth, Brian Bo Larson is currently detained as a prisoner in Odense Arrest Prison. He had the remainder of his prison sentence to do, the original seven years. Plus, (laughs) there were all the new charges from his various times on the lam to consider, like this time with you and the stolen car. Uh, As a final statement on his work, Elizabeth... Being that he is one of the most prolific escape artists of all time, it's important that we contextualize, I think, Brian Bow Larson, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Let's describe his impact, his influence as a prison escape artist. I mean, yes, sure, we could waste our time with statements of the profundity of his work, you know, but we could also sit here and attempt to justify the significance of what his work says. But what also what it urges us with is, as you would say, insistent siren pop song. That's now, I say that all the time right yeah no but also there are his skeptics like what about his skeptics none of this will matter to them to his fans this all matters but what about to us elizabeth the professionals left to assess it to review it parse its impact what criteria do we use to criticize this work well to me elizabeth i'll answer that question a prison (laughs) escape artist is far more valuable to society than say the con artist Think okay. about it this way. The con artists, right? what do they do? They remind us that nothing is as it first appears. Mm-hmm. That nothing is should be believed. This is an important lesson to keep at the fore of your mind. Sure, whatever. But it's also not as important as what the prison escape artist teaches us. What do they teach us there? And great question, Elizabeth. They teach us that just like the whispers in the wind uh, from the legacy of the Wright brothers, you are as free as you choose to be. Mm. But also, you must be willing to pay the price. For that freedom. Freedom is not free, essentially. No, you pay a hefty effing fee. For the Wright brothers, it meant crashing, possibly dying. For him, it means slipping off a roof and having his rope uh, ladder break. (laughs) Now, nothing can hold you back is my point. So no prison walls formed against you can prosper, Elizabeth. (laughs) Not against the full force of the focused human mind and the will to overcome adversity. That's what the prison escape artist reminds us. They reify our sense of freedom. Now, anyway, prison escape artist's work they do work in a medium that's not typically celebrated. I understand that. They're right? not typically written about and celebrated. Sure, whatever. But at one time, Elizabeth, the same could be said of street art. You know, before Basquiat and Keith Haring, nobody would say, well, let's take street art seriously. That's all I'm saying. So, of course, yes, you can't buy a prison escape. I mean, you kind of you can. But you know what I'm saying. The art market will continue to ignore them to their great loss, uh-huh. which is also what makes them so special. They are there for us, the people to celebrate. Unable to be touched and ruined by the, the market and its money, Elizabeth. And that's what makes them the sort of thing we celebrate here on Ridiculous Crime. <laughs> so what's our ridiculous takeaway?
3: My ridiculous takeaway is that I do not celebrate them what? the way you do. Because it's so moronic. What? That they... Heresy. They want freedom. Yes. And they just set themselves up to have that freedom <laughs> taken away because they the thought and like They put all this energy into it, but it's never really thought all the way through. And so, you know, it's like, I'm going to make this rope ladder, but it's really not long enough. And I'll just drop. And then I'm going to hurt myself. And I'm going to go hide in the woods. And then they'll find me in two days. And what did that earn you? More time,
2: less freedom. Uh
3: And they just keep racking up less freedom. So, what matters most? For freedom. freedom. Are you
2: saying like it's a Sisyphean? I mean, isn't that the ultimate statement on the human condition? Thank you, producer Dave. I, I don't know <laughs> I think he's on my side so I, like, I
3: like my escape artists stay escaped. <laughs> I don't know about y'all
2: but then so you're you're looking at more of, of the escape artists in their original natural form.
3: the true kings the true kings <laughs> who get out and stay out that's that's who I will applaud.
2: You have a very high bar to clear. I do. Well, I just think, you know, hey. Thanks for asking. Well, you know, I no longer expected Elizabeth, to be quite honest. I mean, maybe it'd be more likely for producer Dave to ask me at this point. (laughs) Anyway, my whole point is I just like them because they have fun. (laughs) They're just like, no, you said what? Don't touch it? I'm touching it. That's what I like about it. Anyway, that's my ridiculous takeaway. As always, you can find us online, Ridiculous Crime, Twitter, Instagram. And always, we look forward to hearing from you. Uh, For instance, we have... Had one of our listeners I am Sparklerine uh, on Twitter known as Road in London they reached out to us and told me personally about the Sri Lankan national handball team that turned into a great episode and I was passed a note from the interns that I totally forgot to mention that when I did the episode so thank you I am Sparklerine and to the rest of you listeners please keep them coming and we will give you shout outs I won't forget again alright thanks for listening we'll catch you next time Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by our resident prison escape collector, Dave Kustin. Research is by Marissa Bad Bad Leroy Brown and Andrea Like a Bird on a Wire song sharpened here. Our theme song is by Thomas Don't Call Me Bruce Lee and Travis Only Call Me Bruce on Tuesdays Dutton. The host wardrobe provided by Bonnie 500. Executive producers are Ben, Mama, I don't want to go bowling, and Noel, my favorite color is green, not brown.
0: Ridiculous crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous crime. Ridiculous crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.